All right, hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Podcast. My name is Shane Winnings. This is episode 56. It's part two of our Prosperity Gospel series, and this one is about word of faith. Now, listen, I'm not a theologian. I'm not an expert on word of faith. I did some research, and uh, I just want to talk about some main points that word of faith brings up. I've heard of it before, but I hadn't really looked into it, and uh, and so I want to dive into it. I, I have about three pages of notes here, and we're going to see what we get through, but um, I just want to say from the beginning, I am not a word of faith person. I don't ascribe to that or the New Apostolic Reformation, um, any of those groups, um, and we're going to talk about why. So I want to thank you for listening, and of course, if you want to help us keep going, um, pray about partnering with us monthly. Through a monthly gift, there's there's links in the description of the podcast. Even if we had a hundred people give five dollars a month, that would really help us as we plan a nationwide tour next summer. And I'm going to be doing some specific fundraising for that. But uh, if we have a monthly uh, ministry budget that uh, that's really going to bless us and help us to be able to travel around the country and to uh, just see people transformed by the gospel everywhere we go. And so that's something that we're putting on. We're not being invited by churches or anything like that. So everything's going to be paid for by us. And so if you want to partner with us, pray about it. Ask God. Ask God how much to give. If you want to give a one-time gift or become a monthly partner, you can do that at the link in the description or go to my website, shanewinnings.com. Also, make sure you follow the the. I was going to say the podcast I'm reading. It says Spotify. Make sure you follow the podcast on Spotify or Apple or wherever you're listening from. Hit that bell and it turns on notifications so that you get an update. It comes right to your phone whenever I post a new episode just like this one. So word of faith. Here are two little paragraphs about uh, word of faith. At the heart of the word of faith movement is the belief in the force of faith. It is believed words can be used to manipulate the faith force and thus actually create what they believe Scripture promises, health and wealth, being two of those. Laws supposedly governing the faith force are said to operate independently of God's sovereign will and that God himself is subject to these laws. Now, we know that God is hes not defined by man. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. So our declarations are not going to impose some type of tug on God. God has already spoken. He's already made promises, and it's, I believe it's up to us to believe in those promises and to position ourselves in a way to receive them. Um, but, you know, we're talking about name it and claim it, basically. It sounds a lot like Christian manifesting. I'm going to talk about that, but that's just a little, I don't like it. Uh, next paragraph, it claims that God created human beings in his literal physical image as little gods. Now, I want to stop here. So I've heard preachers and preachers that I love say that we are, when we're born again, we're like little gods. And I don't disagree with that because if you think about what it means to be, so to so go back to Adam, Adam wasn't a God. He wasn't God but he was created in the likeness and in the image of God. Now, he did not have God living inside of him. He was communing with God. Okay, so now as Christians on the earth, we have been given the Holy Spirit. Adam was not filled with the Holy Spirit. 
we have the Holy Spirit living in us, which is the literal Spirit of God. And so if we were yielded fully to the Holy Spirit, God would be moving through us. It would be like Jesus on the earth. That's the purpose of giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit is so that we can walk as he walked. If, if, if Christians were fully yielded and walking in perfect relationship with God through the Holy Spirit, they would look exactly like Jesus. And Jesus came as a visible image of the invisible God. So it is not heretical to say that Christians are, are like little gods. And, you know, that is totally soundbiteable, and I really don't care. Obviously, I'm not saying, me, Shane, I am a little god. Like, w- what we're saying is, like, I'm like my dad. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a version of my dad. Or I, I have the capacity to be like my dad. And it's not because of me. It's not because of anything inside of me. It's not because of what I've done or who I am or even my own faith. It's all because of him. God took me, an enemy, Colossians 1.21 says, he took me an alien. He took me someone who was hostile towards him. He saved me. He forgave me. He cleansed me. And then he put his spirit inside of me so that I can do what Jesus did. Jesus revealed God to the world. I exist to reveal God to the world. And I have God living in me. So I don't disagree with saying Christians are like little gods because we should be little representations of him. But we are not of ourselves godlike. It, it is it, The only godlikeness that we have is because God lives in us. So it's all him, actually. It's nothing to do with us. I hope that makes sense, but I I don't have a problem with that statement, but it all has to do with how it is presented, because if you go preaching that we are godlike simply because we're made in the likeness and image of God, or try to preach that we have this divine ability, we don't. The only thing good in us is God. The only power we have in us is from God, and Uh, We're going to even talk about faith. The only faith that we can have is from God and because of God and for and towards God. So don't have an issue with the little God statement, but there's an asterisk there, you know, in my statement. It goes on to say this. Before the fall, humans had the potential to call things into existence by using the faith force. Um, Okay, well, humans can't create. Only God can truly create, but we can... Um, we, we, we are called by the Bible to prophesy and call things that aren't as though they were and believe for those. So there, there's a lot of, I want to say this too, with this word of faith thing, there's a lot of, of things that are so close to what the Bible teaches, but they're just off a little bit. And so it's not like it's, absolutely totally heretical in every single statement but there are some areas that I just flat out don't believe and I think is wrong Um, and then there's some areas where it's like okay I see how you got there but that's not correct so some of these might sound true and they just need a little bit of clarity and and you'll see why it's not actually word of faith um, that we should be listening to it's just the word of God Okay, after the fall, humans took on Satan's nature and lost the ability to call things into existence. 
Well, not entirely true because you can manifest using demons. People manifest their realities and all this stuff. Demons can help you do that. But if they mean in the name of Jesus and according to God's will, then yes, we had no access to God because of the fall. We did take on Satan's nature and we lost connection and relationship with our Father. Okay, in order to correct the situation, Jesus Christ gave up his divinity and became a man. False. He never gave up his divinity. He was always divine. He chose not to walk in his divinity. He chose to walk as a man. Let's go on. I'll talk about that later. It then says that he died spiritually, took Satan's nature upon himself, went to hell, was born again, and rose from the dead with God's nature. That is way off. That is so wrong. Jesus never died spiritually. He didn't die a spiritual death. If he was dead spiritually, then he wouldn't have been able to preach to those in Abraham's bosom and in hell. Jesus did go to hell, and it was to preach that he was victorious and to take the keys of hell and to preach to all of the saints who were waiting in Abraham's bosom. Jesus descended to hell victorious, not spiritually dead, taking on Satan's nature and you know, three days later, he was born again and rose from the dead like God. No, because that is saying that there was a point in time that Jesus was not like God. He came as God and as man. He was always both, fully divine, fully man. This teaching that Jesus was separated from God in the fact that he was not God is false. Jesus became, think about this, how could Jesus die spiritually, which is the punishment for sin, and take Satan's nature upon himself? How could he do this if sin was cursed? Yes, Jesus became our sin, but he didn't die as a sinful man. Sin, let me say it like this. Jesus bore our sins in his body on the tree. That's the Bible. Jesus took our sin upon himself, and that sin, not Jesus, the sin was cursed. Because the Bible says anything that hung on a tree was cursed. Jesus became sin, and sin was cursed. So if sin is cursed, then there was no longer a penalty of sin. And Jesus did not have to die spiritually. He also was God. God cannot die spiritually. Now Jesus died a physical death because he came as a man, but he descended into hell and preached victorious because he was still fully God. And the plan to walk this life out as a man, fulfill the law, become the curse, and overcome sin, death, hell, and the grave had been completed. That's why Jesus said, it is finished. If it wasn't finished on the cross, then Jesus had more work to do, which was going to hell, getting tormented, and finally getting born again. Jesus said, it is finished on the cross. Don't buy into this lie. This is just trash theology. After this, uh, this is the last sentence. After this, Jesus sent, sent the Holy Spirit to replicate the incarnation in believers so they would become little gods 
as God had originally intended. Now, again, this is like, there's so much, uh, you know, there's so many parallels, things that are kind of true and things that aren't, that it's, it's hard to be splitting these hairs, so to speak. But Jesus did send the Holy Spirit. The purpose of that was so that we would walk as he walked and reveal the Father to the world. And God's original intent was to be with man. That we, we messed that up. We sinned. We handed over dominion to Satan. Jesus came. He redeemed it all. And now we have the ability to be back with the Father. But while we're on the earth, we're filled with his Spirit. And we're walking as he walked. So again, that little God's comment, um, a lot of people hate it. But if you see it for what it is, it's not heretical. Um yeah. Okay, so let's get into this. That was that was something that I pulled off of a, a website, those two paragraphs, and I was kind of, you know, narrating through that. These are the notes that I wrote. What's important to understand is that the word of faith puts a lot of emphasis on your word of faith. Here's the truth. Our faith is not in our faith. It's in God. My faith is not in my ability to have faith because that's my faith would be in myself. My faith is in God. And I'm constantly asking him to make me more like him and to grow me into himself and to, and to expand my knowledge and spiritual understanding and wisdom and all these things that, that Paul would pray for these churches and his people to, to grow in. He, he prayed this in Colossians 1. Like, I want to grow in that. I want to have a revelation of God so that I can see the way he sees. I want to walk in more faith, but I recognize it's not on me. The only thing I can do to build my faith is trust in God more. And the more I do that, the more I will build my faith. We are not divine. God is. And the word says that he lives in us. So Shane is not divine. I have been born again, made into a new creation, and have been sealed and filled by the Spirit of the living God. But there is nothing about me in myself that is divine. It's all God. We have to recognize this. There's nothing good in us apart from Him. Nothing. Yes, we are saved by grace through our faith. But who does the saving? The rest of that verse says it is a gift from God. God, not by works, lest anyone should boast. I can't boast in my ability to have faith. It's actually my weakness. And the Bible says, in my weakness, he is made strong. This name it and claim it is a far cry from believing in the word of God and his son. And those are two very different things. Name it and claim it is like basically Christian manifestation. And believing in God's word is just called being a believer and being a Christian and walking in truth. Here's the facts. If Jesus said it, you can bet your life on it. It is not word of faith theology to believe for God's will. And we're supposed to know God's will and we're actually supposed to prove it. And this is found in Romans 12 too. Now, God does tell us to ask him for things. Jesus did say, if you ask anything in his name without doubting, it shall be done. But all of this is supposed to be according to the will of God. Now, God says he'll give us the desires of our heart, 
but that's not what many people think. Many people think, oh, I desire a, a nice car. I desire this. Like, that is not what God was talking about. Look at it this way. As you spend more time with Jesus, he will begin to create desires in you. As you express those to him, you're simply coming into agreement with the desires he's already put inside of you, and he's going to make it happen. It's, it has nothing to do with you. The desires that he's bringing to reality are ones that he put in you in the first place. So it's just God working in and through you all the time. It's not you making it happen by your faith. It's through your faith that Jesus works. And it's in the Bible. We shouldn't be afraid to say our faith matters because it does. How many times did Jesus tell someone, your faith has healed you? And I'm sure that word of faith would love that verse. And listen, Jesus isn't saying, because of your ability to have faith, you are healed. He said, your faith. Faith in what? These people were coming and saying, Lord, I know you can heal me. You know, Jesus, if only you would come. If only you would touch my daughter. If only you would whatever. And Jesus says, hey, your faith, your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you well. David even prays, and he says, by the faith that I have in Jesus Christ. I believe that was David. By the faith that I have. No, no, no. This was, this is actually, let me look this up. I'm getting two stories mixed up. I think this might have been an axe. All right, let's see. Um, do, 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 do. I I can't find it. I'm going to have to look that up. But someone says, uh, by my faith that I have in Jesus Christ. And Paul talks about this a lot. So many different books. Galatians, Ephesians. Your faith. It, it's, our faith matters. So no one's saying that our faith doesn't matter. And Jesus Jesus moves upon our faith. But our uh, our trust, our our we don't trust in our own ability to have faith. I don't know how many different ways I can say that. So think about King Solomon. God told him that he's like, man, you could have asked for so many things. You could have asked for riches and all sorts of stuff, but Solomon didn't ask for that. He asked for wisdom. He wanted to be wise. And as a result, God actually blessed him with wisdom and all of the riches. He said, I'm going to bless you with the things you didn't even ask for as well as the things you did. God is in the blessing business. I'm not here to tear down word of faith by saying, you know, Christians shouldn't have money or resources. God is in the blessing business. You can find many wealthy leaders and people in the scriptures. If God's blessing offends you, then you actually have a pride issue and a poverty complex. Abraham was loaded. King David was very well off. Solomon was loaded. Like, God did all of this. The Bible talks about God's people being ones who will lend and not borrow. Like, why would he say stuff like that? You can't lend if you're poor. Now, I'm not here, you know, doing a podcast episode on poverty versus riches, but it is important to understand how some of the Word of Faith people got to where they're at. If you take some of these principles and some of these verses and you run with them, you end up becoming a person who believes that God wants to bless you with a private jet, and if I name it and claim it in the name of Jesus, and if I have faith, it will happen. 
And that is a scary place to be. It's not a place that I want to be at. And I'll just say this. I do feel like there's a lot of gray area and that's okay. Like there's a lot of gray area when it comes to like, well, what can I pray for? And what should I pray for? And God did ask me to make my request known. Like, you know, what if I find myself as a very successful traveling preacher, a very successful business person, and like, I literally don't have time to do, you know, uh, public transportation. I don't have time to, to do the whole American Airlines thing. Like, you know, I have a little private plane. It gets me from here to there. I can do my meetings. I can come back. Like, everything's paid for. I don't know. I honestly don't know. If your heart is pure, I feel like, hey, that's between you and the Lord. You know, Paul said, like, all things are, are, are good. All, all, all things are, are permissible, but not everything is profitable. So you're, you're really getting into this place of, like, I don't want to judge people's heart. I don't want to judge people's faith. I don't want to judge where people are at, and I refuse to. But I will say that there, I think there's a gray area, because where do you draw the line? You know, like Jess and I were, we needed a second car because when I'm gone, like she's home with Elijah and, you know, what if she needs to go somewhere? What if, what if something happens, you know, like she's stuck at home. And so we're like, Lord, you know, we're really believing for a second vehicle. And we prayed about it and we felt like we should do a fundraiser and we did. And we raised all the money in like a couple of days. It was insane. I mean, we literally bought a, a, a second vehicle in cash because we were blessed by it. And so I'm just like, Lord, I, f- I feel like you, you blessed us with this. Like, thank you. And it didn't come about because I had faith for it or Jessica had faith for it. We just said, Lord, we, we feel like this is what you're saying and, and we're just going to ask you for it. And then, you know, we're going to, we're going to move forward in faith. And, you know, if you provide it, then you provide it. And if you don't, then we trust that you have something else for us. Like, there are gray areas in some of this stuff, but where do you draw the line? Because if you start judging someone who has a private jet, then you're going to... Where do you draw the line in your own life? Like, okay, well, if a jet is too much, then, like, where's the line? You know? What if someone is worse off than you, and and you're asking God to provide, you know, something small... And they're like, well, that's a, that's more than I have, so I think that's extravagant. Like, the thing to you is like a jet to them. You know, you can't you can't put yourself in this position to be judgmental or to be critical. But we do need to make sure that we're rightly understanding the scriptures, and that is why I don't I don't try to teach like fruit issues. Like, do pray for this, don't pray for that. This is too much. This is not. There's principles in the Bible we should fall back on. Number one, the goal is intimacy with God. Number two, we're called to live above reproach. So, you know, do things that are reasonable when it comes to that stuff. And uh, and reasonable has different, you know, nuances to it as well. Something that's reasonable to me might not seem reasonable to someone who's not in my position. And so, you know, this little tangent I went on, it's not straightforward to just talk about being poor versus being rich versus being, you know, uh, being in a place where you're just doing all right. Like it is about your heart and that is the most important thing. 
But there are areas in the Bible, and you have to be able to get past this, where God doesn't, he's not calling everyone to be poor. Like, think about this. The world is rich. The world has all this money, and they use it for horrible reasons. What if Christians had the wealth of the wicked, which I'm pretty sure this verse is about the wealth of the wicked being stored up for the righteous. What if the righteous had that money? And when they found out people were in need, they gave, just like in the book of Acts. You know, imagine being at the store and you're, 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 you have an abundance in your bank account and you hear someone on the phone and they're like, I don't know how I'm going to pay the mortgage this month. I don't know. I just don't know. I'm freaking out. And you're like, hey, you know what? I can pay your mortgage this month. Let me tell you how. God has blessed me so much. Let me. Do you know God? Let me tell you about the peace I have in God. And it's not because of my money. It's because of him living inside of me and he saved me. And you can just minister, but you can also meet a real need. How many people do you know in life that have had money troubles and you're like, oh, I wish I could help? Like, Christians are, should be the most generous people on the planet. So I am not about preaching Christians should be poor. The Bible says, blessed are the poor in spirit. It's important to understand this meekness, this humility, this poverty in spirit where we don't think we're amazing. We recognize that we need God and, uh, and we just come humbly before him. And if you stay in that place, he will exalt you, and it's going to look different for some people. So it's the reason I'm on this so much is because the word of faith, it has many different branches to it, but oftentimes you find these televangelists, and it's about money, and it's all this stuff, and people, while dismissing word of faith, they go hard the other direction and say, God wouldn't want anyone to have any money like that. Like, just be careful, because you might have judged Abraham for all the riches that he had. You might have judged Solomon not knowing that in secret he didn't pray for any of that. He prayed for wisdom, and God just blessed him. So just be careful. That's. It took me a long time to just straight up say that, and I didn't know what I was trying to say. Be careful. Keep your heart pure. Don't be judging people. Even these word of faith people, like, you don't know what's in their heart. I'm just trying to get you a little bit more... Uh, you know, some more tools in your toolbox when it comes to discernment. And uh, it's hard to discern if you don't know. So I wanted to throw that out there. Listen, what concerns me is that if we're not careful, we're going to become these Christian New Agers who are just trying to manifest everything into reality, and we're using the name of Jesus. Like I said, when I'm alone with God, I'm asking Him to make me more like Him. I'm asking for revelation. I'm asking for understanding. I'm asking for for spiritual wisdom. I'm asking for knowledge. I'm asking for his will to be revealed to me, and I'm worshiping and exalting him and glorifying him, and I'm praising him. Yeah, I'm asking God for things, but I don't spend most of my time doing that, and my faith isn't in my ability to ask properly. Jess and I, for instance, we're believing to buy a home one day for our family, and I'm telling God, I'm telling my Father in heaven, look, Lord, this is what I think we would need if we end up buying a house. But ultimately, I'm submitting that to him. I'm not putting it down as like a contract. I'm saying, Lord, this is what I think we need, and I'm gonna. you told me to make my request known, and so I'm making my request known. This is, you have not because you ask not. Like, here you go. This is what I would desire, and I'm, and I, I'm not trying to make it happen on my own. I'm asking you to provide for it, but I trust you. I trust your will. I trust your plan for my life and for my family. You see, a lot of times, my faith is not 
super, super strong. Like, uh, it's not like I wake up and I just feel like I'm on fire every day. Sometimes my faith is really weak. But having faith isn't about feeling strong and feeling like you're invincible. By definition, it's believing in what you can't see, what you can't sense, what you can't feel, what you can't touch. A lot of times, faith, for me, I can't see what's next. And having faith means, God, I don't know what's coming, but you do, and I'm choosing to trust in you. Even when everything in front of me is telling me not to, I have all this sensual evidence This earthly wisdom of why I shouldn't have faith, I'm choosing to have faith anyways. That is how you win the war of faith. When you stare at something in the face and you say, Lord, I'm choosing to trust in you anyways. God moves upon that faith. I'm not naming and claiming anything except God's truth. If God said it, I want to say it. Like for instance, if God says I'm holy, blameless, and righteous because of the blood of Jesus, then I'm saying it too. I want to be on the same page as God. I need that. I can't afford to see myself in an identity that he doesn't see me in. If God says I'm forgiven and cleansed and loved, then I will say that over myself too because I need to get a revelation of that. When I have a revelation, I'll live it out and I'll look more like him. Now, if things don't happen in my life, I don't blame it on my faith. I don't understand all things and I choose to trust God when I don't know what's happening. Now, when it comes to healing, this gets really tricky Because Jesus did make it clear that unbelief is worthy of a rebuke. And again, go to episode 11 of my podcast. I dive into this about healing. But Jesus makes it clear that we can do what he's doing if we believe. And he even went as far as to say, guys, if you need to pray, you need to pray and fast to uproot unbelief, to get this perversion, this worldly thinking out of your mind because it's getting in the way of your faith. Belief is incredibly important to Christ, but the belief that we're called to have isn't in our own prayer. It's in him. It's belief in him. Look, if I pray for healing and I don't see it, I know, I, that doesn't change God's will. I believe it's God's will to heal. Again, go to episode 11 of my podcast. I explain that in depth. And here's the basic truth, and I'll ask you this if you're struggling. If, if Jesus was on the earth, would everyone that he prayed for get healed? Yes, of course they would. It happened in the Bible. That, that would be like saying Jesus did not have the ability to heal the sick. He never, ever gave an example of it being God's will for someone not to be healed. Okay, the only time someone wasn't healed, he didn't say it was God's will or God's timing or whatever, or waiting for the final healing at the resurrection or the second coming. No, he rebuked the disciples for their unbelief. So he makes it clear, like, there is an invitation to trust God and take him at his word. And if we don't pray in faith, then there is an area for us to grow. That is not on me to take it upon myself to, like, go to the spiritual gym and work my spiritual muscles so I can flex the next time I'm praying and then be like, oh, look, my faith made it happen. No, it's, it's actually humility saying, God, please grow my faith. You are the author of my faith. You're the finisher of my faith. My faith is because of you. It's in you, and I'm asking you to grow it. I want to walk as you walked. Now listen, there's, there's many other Word of Faith teachings that I severely disagree with. Again, like saying he laid down his divinity. 
that's coming out of Philippians 2, he never laid down his divinity. He was always divine, but he chose not to exercise his divine power and walk as a man. They teach that he died as a man. We already talked about that. Jesus descended and held victorious to preach. He was not tormented. Um, so here's the bottom line. Our faith is in Christ, not ourselves. He is the author and finisher of our faith. It has nothing to do with us. My faith is not in my faith. He is the one who is faithful to keep us to the end. It is not on us to try to keep ourselves by believing harder. Jesus himself said he could do nothing without God. Why would we ever think we could? That includes trusting in him. I need his help. Remember, he's the author. He's the originator of our faith. So don't get caught in Christian manifestation through name and claimant. Study God's word, not man's theology. Don't even take my podcast as some type of theology. Like take, take, it, take everything I'm saying, everything you hear, and run it through the Bible. That is where you should be getting all of your information. And every other teaching should lead you to the Bible to say, hey, go look it up. Go read for yourself. Like study to show yourself approved. Ask God this one thing. Ask him to keep you from deception and show you if you're ever veering off the path, and he totally will. Listen, if that helped you, if that spoke to you, man, share this, like this podcast, review it, give us a rating. Um, I, I just want to open people's eyes to some different theologies, word of faith being one of them. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next time.